the free for all roundtable round two here we go on uh, round two today richard kraus you might have guessed is present in studio host of last call with richard kraus you were also doing the afternoon show yesterday yes Yes, I was. Super fun with Bob Reed. Okay, cool stuff. I, was that a one-day wonder, or are you going to be back? No, uh, that was a one-day wonder. I uh, am watching movies all this week, so cannot right. come in. Robert Benzie is here, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star, and Sunira Chaudhry is an employment lawyer at Workley Law. Um, let's actually start with, and we've sort of informed the discussion over the last hour or so with a couple of conversations. We were talking about the added security, 80 police officers tasked to the TTC. That operation somewhat stunningly came to an end in a written statement yesterday and I don't know if it's because we ran out of money or if it's because it's mission accomplished. Uh, Robert Benzie, I'll start with you. Um, Shelley Carroll, city councillor, was suggesting it was mission accomplished and then we had a homeless advocate who was saying, well, great, you know, we flushed a bunch of people out into the streets. Now what? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough, uh, a tough thing, and I, and I'm, I, I suspect, John, that this is going to be an issue that we're going to be hearing a lot about in our, our, our forthcoming uh, mayoral contest, because I think there are a lot of people who are concerned about safety on the, on the TTC. There are a lot of people who are concerned about um, the sort of lack of enforcement of basic sort of laws. It seems. I mean, remember uh, uh, recently you were talking with John Burnside about how they weren't enforcing uh, the non-payment of, of fares, which surprised me um, I'm glad they're going to be doing that again I think I think it's a little like the broken windows um, theory that if you if you let small things slide then big things uh, start to slide and then before you know it it's all normalized and and then there's a kind of lawlessness out there so I think I think this was an interesting uh, yeah I mean I don't I'm not sure I buy the the, the, the argument that well violence went down so the, <laughs> so the so we're ending the pilot project that doesn't seem to make much sense to me yeah Richard Krauss I was choosing my words carefully because you can get into considerable jeopardy when you talk about people with mental illness and homeless people and the public disturbances. You're a downtown dweller, though, and a TTC user, and you've experienced, as, as I have, firsthand. And the current situation is untenable. Yeah, it is. And uh, maybe, maybe it's fractionally better now uh, since they've had the police in the uh, subways and more police presence in the subways since January. Uh, but they made 314 arrests over the time that they uh, increased their presence down there. And I don't know how many is that a day? Two a day? Three a day? Four a day? Uh, it seems like it's pro- no, it's more than that. Uh, it's like ten a day. Uh, it seems to me like uh, that is worth continuing uh, unless there's been a severe uh, and sharp drop-off which I'll tell you, being a regular TTC dr- uh, user, it there hasn't been. Yep. There are still strange things happening. It might not be as bad as it was uh, in January. I remember sitting here hosting the rush, talking about a stabbing on the subway and while we were talking about a stabbing on the subway, we got breaking news that there had been another stabbing on the subway. So that seems to have calmed down a little bit, but still, every day on the subway, I see something uh, that to me doesn't make uh, me or the people around me feel safe. Sunir, it may just be that because it was costing us uh, $1.5 million a month that we decided to ease off and save the cash. Yeah, John, but and it's a hefty price tag, no doubt. But I think it goes beyond... Um, even our local experience, you know, I've taken my son on in a stroller on the streetcar and I've generally had a, a, a good experience, but you know, you are always sort of looking over your shoulder. That's for sure. But I definitely seen like a bigger, um, 
enforcement presence. And I agree with the article where, you know, people have said to officers, I'm happy to see you here. I feel better about using the TTC right now by seeing you here. But I think the, you know, broader, more broadly, it's a back to work initiative. It's a tourism initiative. We don't want international news about our subways and streetcars. Um, uh, just sort of crowding the airwaves uh, with respect to being a, a violent place to be, especially when Toronto is known, I think, far and wide as being a really safe place to visit. So I think it's it's broader than what the local experience is for sure, and, and it would be short-sighted not to consider that. An interesting point that you're making, though, because I'm certainly remembering a time when New York, for example, was so lawless that people would not go there. And if we were to gain that reputation, and when you're being hit in the face with broken bottles, you get a reputation, then Toronto would drop off the radar. Okay, let's keep moving here. Uh, Canadians uninterested in King Charles and his coronation. Richard, I'll watch it. I love all this pomp and circumstance stuff, but I'm becoming a Republican under <laughs> Charles III. Yeah, I mean, everyone loved the Queen. It seems to be that everyone loved the Queen, and then there was a sharp decline in interest once uh, the Queen passed, and I'm one of those people. Uh, I mean, the, the the poll that I saw in terms of uh, interest in King Charles, you know, should we keep them or should we stay in the Commonwealth? It's about 50-50. It's yeah. like 52-49-4 uh, or 48-4. Um, but uh, to leave the Commonwealth uh, is, uh, it would take years. You have to get unanimous consent from the Senate, from the legislature, from each of the provinces. It would take far too long. There's First Nations treaties that would have to be uh, renegotiated. It would take forever. So judge your interest accordingly. I probably won't be watching the coronation, uh, and I wouldn't mind if uh, King Charles III was not on our money. That wouldn't uh, uh, stress me a bit, but I don't necessarily think we're going to leave the Commonwealth as a result. Wouldn't it be interesting, Sunira, that the real, the doom of the monarchy is not anti-monarchism, but indifference? Well, you know, John, I'm not surprised that Canadians are indifferent. I mean, no one had a choice in the matter. It was sort of a foregone conclusion that Charles is going to be king. So there's, the, you know, sort of anticlimactic that way. But, you, you know, I, much like I woke up early to watch the Queen's funeral, and, and most of many of us did, but many didn't, I think I'm going to wake up to, to watch the coronation. And um, if nothing else, it's it's a moment of modern history. You know, the coronation is going to attract every major and minor world leader. It's something to see. It's not, uh, you know, a vanity fair like Hugh Grant put it at, on the Oscar red carpet. It's much more than that. Um, and I, I think it's some, It's certainly going to be something to watch because it's not just the pomp and circumstance. It's really this collection, this public display of every major world leader for us to watch for a number of hours and to see how Trudeau and Biden and Rishi Sunak, in, you know, interact. I'm going to be watching for a lot of that, too. Okay. Let's jump to something else here, and uh, Robert, this is definitely in your wheelhouse, because uh, Vic Fidelli was here trumpeting this just moments ago. Uh, Volkswagen battery plant, electric car battery plant, is going to be built in Ontario. I still want to see how much we put on the table for it, but I also think it's probably a net benefit. These are good, well, you know, well-paying jobs that are going to inject a ton of money into the Treasury and the community. 
Yeah, this is very significant news, uh, John and and Mr. Fideli and uh, um, Minister Champagne, the federal his federal counterpart, have been working really closely on this. And yes, there are taxpayers' dollars that are going to go to a private company, and a lot of people have concerns about that. But those people who have those concerns are almost never in government. I remember uh, Stephen Harper as an as a as a, when he was sort of a public intellectual uh, outside of politics would be writing articles about corporate welfare and all of these other things. And yet when it came time to when he was prime minister, he he understood that the reality is you have to do these kinds of things. You have to bail out auto companies periodically and you have to invest in in, and give them land deals and all sorts of things. It's 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 unseemly. Yes. But unfortunately, it's it's something that has always gone on and it will always go on. I, Joe Cordiano, the former um, economic development minister under Premier McGinty, told us a story once of being at the Toyota World Headquarters in Japan uh, where they were vying for the plant that eventually went to Woodstock. So it was a big win for Ontario back then. And, um, and he was while he was in the waiting room, out came governor, the governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So everyone was going to kiss the ring of Toyota executives. So I think this is something that it, it's always gone on. It's not not a great thing, but this is going to mean big jobs for Ontario. And it's good news for our critical minerals industry and all these other things that we're going to be feeding the battery plant. Yeah, I uh, declined in my interview with Vic Fideli saying, you know, what did we have to give to get to third base? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe they'll uh, right next to the to the big statue of Dumbo the elephant in St. Thomas, they'll put a big battery statue. Maybe that's the, that's what the province is uh, is donating to this. Okay. And Sunira, um, does it look like it's going to be a deal once the numbers are divulged that Ontarians are going to be happy with? Well, I think um, it's it's a great push. I think it's very trendy and buzzy. And we know that Trudeau has also made a promise, you know, sort of nationwide that Canada is going to be, quote unquote, going electric, right, uh, in, in a few years. Um, I drive an electric car. Uh, I think it's interesting to talk about this plant, but also, you know, for the nation, we should be talking about the infrastructure to support electric cars, because I, I know as, as a Tesla driver, that infrastructure isn't sort of there for the electric cars we already have. So I'm interested to see what that kind of rollout will be, although maybe it's premature to get there. And it shouldn't be if we're talking about installing, you know, plants in Ontario. The federal finance department received a report yesterday that says a luxury tax on cars over $100,000 and on vessels over $250,000. Why? It's going to cost between 400 and 870 jobs to be lost. And Rich Krause yeah, Muffy, it's outrageous. It's just nuts. <laughs> I've never met a rich man who was would not buy a pink Lamborghini to park in front of the Hazleton Hotel because he had to pay a little extra money in luxury tax. <laughs> Is there a guy who parks a pink? <laughs> Absolutely. There's usually take a walk down there on Yorkville Avenue on a Saturday. You're tripping over pink Lamborghinis. Okay, Sonera, um, I just I don't see a lot. You know, like I don't think Jerry Agar is going to do a segment today on. On why millionaires should not be taxed on their yachts. Yeah, this isn't exactly a story protecting the little guy. And, you know, as an employment lawyer and seeing the thousands of layoffs we've seen in other sectors, particularly the tech sector, um, four to 800 
jobs, 400, 800 jobs being lost as a result of this luxury tax, which might be the case, you know, it, it's a drop in the bucket and, you know, not really a story worthwhile considering how many thousands of Canadians have been impacted in other sectors. Yeah, and Robert Benzie, I suspect this isn't actually people who are going to be cashiered out of their job and end up on unemployment. I think this is an aggregated figure for, you know, fewer car washes and fewer deckhands. Yeah, exactly. And John, I have I've, I found this analysis from the finance department a bit suspicious. I mean, there are 400,000 unfilled jobs in Ontario. We know this. Um, and the governments, both the federal and the provincial governments are looking for people to come and fill these jobs. So I'm not really sure how these, the you know, the 800 people who build Ferraris or something are going to suddenly be out of work because of a luxury tax. We have luxury taxes in other countries and Ferrari makes more cars annually than they ever did before. So I'm not really sure I'd buy this analysis at all. Okay, and Richard Krause, any quick thoughts on Avril Lavigne being bombed on stage by a topless woman protesting, of all things, the green belt? People shouldn't rush the stage. If people should not rush the stage and get up on stage, you're uninvited guest. You deserve to be thrown off the stage. You never know if you're a performer what's going to happen when someone just uh, sneaks up behind you. It might be in all good uh, intentions, I'm protesting something, or it could be to punch you in the face. You never know. Don't do it. It's not cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Uh, somebody got on stage and security just tackled the guy like oh, a just, uh, linebacker. Yeah. Oh, no. Listen, it happens. Go on YouTube and have a look at <laughs> For, like security videos plus stage, and you will see some of the grimmest takedowns ever. Okay, now there's the rest of my day. It's nine o'clock. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.